Welcome to the Relax, It's Retirement podcast with Josh Leonard from Leonard Advisory Group. In this podcast, we help those nearing retirement greet it with a well-prepared smile. Join Josh and his guests to learn the retirement and tax planning tips you need so you too can live your golden years with the happiness and excitement you deserve. Hear stories from his years of experience to help you transition into a fun and intentional retirement. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Relax It's Retirement podcast with your host, Josh Leonard, where we talk about transitioning into retirement with intent. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Josh. How are you? Great, Wendy. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I am doing well. So we're going to be talking about something very interesting today. What is it? Yeah, we're going to be talking about AI and the impact on the financial services industry. So, Wendy, have you used ChatGPT? It's been in the news a lot. And have you used it at all? I, I literally just last week pulled it up online and just started plugging some things in just to see how it works. I haven't really delved in too deep, but yeah, interesting stuff. Okay. So honestly, what was the first thing that you entered in? Well, I looked I looked myself up. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, interesting. You Googled yourself. <laughs> I did. I Googled myself. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, ChatGPT is the one that's been grabbing headlines, but Google has just launched their own AI oh. version too. So, you know, a lot of these tech companies are working on these tools, but it's quite interesting. I, I've, I'm maybe not techy enough to fully know what to do with it myself. So since I've been into making these craft cocktails, one of the things I had to do was generate some new cocktails. So, okay. I have not actually tried those out, so maybe we'll report back on that in a future podcast. But it's pretty interesting because it aggregates this data and, and makes an assumption without, of course, tasting it and right fully integrating. But it can use all the data on the internet to come up with a new recipe for you. So, Yeah, uh, let's keep in mind it's AI, which is artificial. That's right. Right. So I don't know how much we should be depending on it, but it looks like it's the wave of the future. Correct. I, I think so. I think so. And like any new technology, we need to monitor it. And we probably don't know all the ways that we'll use it in the future. I mean, if the drink recipe calls for Clorox, I, I'm going to know that that's a bad idea. Right? OK, good. I'm um, glad to hear that, Josh. So but to me, I kind of see it as a deluxe Wikipedia right? So it's a way to do further research into things. I know other folks have been using it to fix programming bugs. So if you're doing some programming, which is, again, not in my spec spectrum of uh, knowledge, but uh, I know that they've used that to kind of fix issues that they've had in there. We've seen people writing resumes or updating resumes. So how to properly communicate what you do or your experience can be used to help there. An interesting article that I read last week talked about preparing for an interview and how someone would go through the different companies that they were interviewing with, the people they were interviewing with, and aggregate data from there to be prepared for potential questions and have good questions to ask the people at the company. So you would like plug in the actual company and they would give you like company specific questions and yes. stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I think that is a, a good use of that information. Again, much of this you can find on the internet. It's just a little bit more efficient. It's able to pull that data a little bit quicker for you. 
And you don't have to actually look for it at all, right? You just type in what you want. And it tells you. That's right. right. That's right. Um, no, and it's going to be, I think that part of what I would do is content creation, you know? I think of that too. So one of the things that I asked it prior to or in preparation for this podcast was, what is AI? So I'll read word for word what ChatGPT gave back to me. And it says, artificial intelligence, AI, refers to the development of computer systems that can perform tasks that typically require human intelligence, such as recognizing speech, making decisions, and learning from data. AI involves machine learning, natural language processing, computer vision, robotics, and other fields. Okay, I don't know what that means. That sounds like a pretty good definition. <laughs> Again, not my expertise, but that sounds pretty good for right. you know saying what is AI, and it provided that back to me right away. I would say we are already using it in many ways. So ChatGPT is kind of the latest issue that people have been talking about and experimenting with. But I have an Apple Watch that I track my workouts while I'm training for the Ironman. And it is aggregating all kinds of data, tracking my my distance and my heart rate throughout and the time and all these other data points and aggregating it together. I can export that to different apps or different computer programs to kind of see how I'm tracking in my training. Okay. Years ago, you had a stopwatch, right? And, you know, maybe a classic heart monitor, but... Now it's a lot easier to track that data just by wearing one device that's capturing a lot of stuff for you. I guess I didn't figure that to be AI, but I guess it is, right? It is. Yep. It's aggregating that data and it can also give you training advice. So saying, hey, you know, you're excelling in this way or maybe you need to focus on this a little bit more. So again, it's aggregating that data and then providing intelligence on that. So telling you, hey, you know what, you're... Heart rate's been quite a bit higher on these long runs, Josh. So maybe you need to figure out what you're doing there. Are you too exhausted or maybe you need to change your diet or something like that? Gotcha. One time I was I was having a conversation with somebody back and forth that was very volatile. Mm-hmm. And my watch had notified me that for the last 20 minutes, my heart rate was above normal. Ooh, ooh. That, that actually brings up another point for me, too, where one time I was playing soccer with the kids just in the yard. And, you know, I'm kind of a competitive person, so I got a little bit too active playing with the boys. And I kind of slid to kick the ball and went down, but, you know, intentionally and not too rough. But my watch detected and said fall detected, you know, oh. and was checking in on me. What a great use of that technology if I would have. And that's one of the reasons that I wear the Apple Watch when I go on long runs. If I fall and I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere, I need some way to be able to, you know, at least call my wife and say, ah, your goofy husband who runs for way too long hurt himself. Can you come bail him out? Or in a really dire situation, just contact emergency services. Yeah, it's like sends out a signal that, you know, Mm -hmm. man down, woman down. Yep. And that GPS, they can find you right away. Yeah. Do you happen to know, I'm wondering, do you need like a cell plan for your watch in order for that to happen? So uh, I think it still has GPS tracking, but you can't call out without a cell phone plan. So they can still Uh, find you. So I'm not sure what the alerting is. Maybe there's still some alerting capacity. Um, But I have opted to have the cell phone plan or the the mobile plan on it for that exact reason. So, you know, 
biking too. If I get a flat tire and blow through all my spares and I'm 10 miles away from the house rather than walking home, you know, marriage is great. Honey, can you come pick me up? I'm a small child and my bicycle's broken. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm too cheap. I won't pay for it. I already pay for cell phone service. I'm not doing it for my wife. Not doubling up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after running a marathon and having my cell phone attached to my arm yeah. and I actually have scarring from that bandage and or, yeah. or from like the wrap around my arm and it chafing over time. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to not be that cheap for me. And you're worth it. Your arm is worth it, Josh. <laughs> pay for it but you know other ways that we use it are siri or amazon's device that i won't say the name because if someone's yes. listening to it it'll activate it right and google assistant are other ais that we're using now we can use those in our smart home devices so maybe you have light bulbs connected to it or my older brother has his house set up so he asks the smart assistant to start making coffee for him in the morning and it'll go ahead and do it you can schedule things like starting the washing machine or other things like that. That's all using that AI technology as well. It can detect your habits too and make suggestions on turning off lights to save energy or things like that. One of the things I have is what is called a smart plug. Mm -hmm. And it's a timer system that we use for our lights. Mm -hmm. And we programmed it, the light to go on a half hour before sunset. Ah. So it's changing every day. I like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that, that was self-adjusting. Exactly. So that's one cool thing. I guess that's considered the whole thing, too. Anything, I guess, that has smart on it is a form of AI, right? Yep. And that means that it's, of course, not perfect. It could have some issues there where maybe it loses connectivity to the Internet and it's not getting the appropriate data to turn on the light at the right time. But I would say that's not a catastrophic problem for you, Wendy. Right? No, 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 not for me. <laughs> I know how. I still know how to turn it on. Um, I think another thing that we most of us uh, have probably gotten at least once is like a fraud detection. So maybe you're traveling and you buy something that's a little bit more expensive, and maybe your credit card company sends you an email or a text alert or a phone call saying, "Hey, you know what? We noticed some unusual activity." Well, those credit card companies are using some version of AI to detect those abnormal transactions based on your habits. Hmm. Okay. You mentioned online shopping? Yeah. What do you mean by that? So, well, do you use Amazon? Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm normal. Sure. So, sure. <laughs> so, Amazon is, is collecting your data over time and suggesting products to you based on your shopping history as well. Okay. I mean, you can really use that to whatever level you want. There's also... Um, uh, like AI stylists that will look at your clothing buying habits and suggest other clothing that might fit you based on, you know, your style and your sizes and things like that. And they're doing it really even when you're not giving it permission, shall we say? Like, you know, when you're having a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden you pull up Facebook and there's something in the feed that you were just discussing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not fully sure of how all that works but there's been some some viral videos going around of maybe a wife or a husband whispering something into the other one's phone of what they want for a gift oh, you know so maybe there's something there but i think a lot of it it's aggregating data so google you can actually look and see what assumptions it's pulling about you based on your history 
your your search history. So if you're commonly searching restaurants in a certain area, Google can probably assume that you live in this area, right? Or you frequent that area. So they can target ads towards you for, you know, if a a new restaurant opens and maybe they have some incentives to get new people in the door, you might be someone that they're targeting that ad towards. Okay. That reminds me of that Tom Cruise movie, The Minority Report. Oh, yeah. When they would detect his each individual's eyes, they would start advertising directly to that person. Do you I, did you see that movie? I have. And that is something that, that could happen. Or maybe even with glasses, there's been, uh, you know, sort of these futuristic talks of like billboards or advertisements. If you walk by a store, an advertisement could like pop up in the corner of your glasses. Like, hey, we're having a 50% off sale on these items today. Um that kind of scares me because that sounds like way too much stimulation yeah, it's a little in an jealousy. already overstimulated world. So <laughs> so how could it impact the financial services industry and how can it help us as customers? Yeah. So I think this is something that we are thinking about continuously. Um, throughout my career, we've continued to use more and more uh, software programs to kind of help us be more efficient, and look at more factors for clients. So, you know, in general, just data analysis and decision-making. AI-powered algorithms can analyze tons of information in real time, and that can help investment managers to target on certain, you know, data points that they want. They can aggregate from many sources and look at it a little bit quicker rather than reading quarterly reports that are only published quarterly and then trying to make a decision after that. It's providing a lot of fast, real-time data. I think for us, reviewing and aggregating expense data to try to find trends and ways to save money. So we can look at a client's expenses over time and say, hey, you know what? It seems like you've been spending a lot here. Maybe we can save some money on flights. You like to fly to Florida five or six times throughout the winter. Let's try to rack up some points so you can fly at a discounted rate or maybe even get a couple free flights. I like that. Uh, So kind of aggregating that information to make wiser decisions based on our budget. I still think that we need human verification, right? If that drink recipe that I try this weekend includes Clorox bleach, I need to have the decision-making power to say that's not good. Yes. And I know that the younger generation, there was a whole thing about eating Tide Pods, but I think we all know that that's not a good idea, right? No, you should have been doing now. <laughs> um, I think that we need to still be able to review the data to make the final decision, but being able to narrow the data and access a lot of it quickly can help us advise clients quicker and and have more personal time with the client rather than doing research. Got it. Okay. So what does it mean for making it more personal? Yeah. So I think one of the ways we recently had a round of our spring review meetings with clients and In that, we talk about taxes. So we review last year's tax return. And one of the programs that we use is actually able to scan the tax return and plug all that data in to look at some key points in the tax return that then we can dig deeper or have a conversation around. So we can see easy way to look at it is, are you taking the standard deduction versus itemizing your expenses? Right. 
Well, if you're itemizing expenses, well then, hey, what other, or itemizing deductions rather, if we're itemizing those deductions, are, is there anything else we can do to kind of double up on that, get a little bit more off of your taxable income? If you're taking the standard deduction, then maybe we want to review things like your charitable giving. Is there another way we can give that we can get a tax break on it? So one of the things that we've talked in the past about is a qualified charitable distribution. So if you're older than 70 and a half, you can send that money direct to the charity and it's not a tax deduction. It's just a non-taxable event. You're okay. sending a taxable asset, money from an IRA, over to, let's say, the church. And by doing that, you're not paying taxes on that money at all. If you would have taken that money into your bank account and then wrote the check out to the church, you'd have to deduct that and be over that standard deduction. So having the ability to have a client come into a meeting and us be able to scan that tax return, analyze that information while still having a conversation, updating on what's going on in their family life, we're able to get that data back and review it quite quickly. Whereas years ago, we'd have to page through the whole tax return and analyze it, which would probably cause at least one additional meeting before we could really report back on that. So it makes it a more social aspect where you can talk about more, talk more about things that are really important. That's right. And by knowing what's important and having the data, we're able to help them make decisions that are more appropriate for them. Okay. I would say also in having um, automated programs, it can reduce a lot of human input errors, right? I think we've all been in the situation where we're entering a bunch of numbers into something and maybe you flip two of the numbers, right? And then you try to double check it, like balancing your bank account, and you're off by like three cents. And man, that takes a lot of time to go back. By having these sort of automated programs, we can reduce some of those input errors. Okay. You know, there's a lot of um, places now that want you to sign up for automatic deductions when it comes to bill paying. Mm -hmm. In fact, they even reward you for it. I was just signing up for some services and they were going to give me a $10 a month discount if I signed up with my bank account. And those can be good. I think right now we are in a subscription phase, right? That is the thing for businesses. Let's just have a subscription fee where it's maybe a lower fee monthly. So we have less sticker shock, but we pay ongoing. And I think a lot of the, a lot of folks have gotten into trouble with, well, you just sign up for all these little things, right? Like, like Netflix and Hulu and Disney Apple Plus TV. and all these other ones. Yes. Because you got to watch that new show that your friends are talking about. I know. And then three months go by and you haven't even used the darn app, but you're paying 10 or 15 or $20 a month for it. Yes. So, there are companies now that will specialize and help detect those too. So look at something like your bank account or a credit card statement and say, hey, you have these 20 subscriptions. Are you really using them all? Um, and help analyze those back um, to see if you can save some money there too. So that's a good idea if you keep track of it is what you're saying. You know, as, as long as you know that you're getting use out of the service, the automation right. can be okay. And I think the automation in bill pay is time-saving, which is good. But you have to watch. The negative is that's it. You sign up for a bunch of things. They automatically come out, your bank account. Well, it's not negative, so I don't worry about it. So it's good to do a review of those things. And there's AI tools, like those subscription reviewers, that can put that information in front of you and say, hey, are you really using these? Are there any of these that that you can get rid of at this time? Okay. 
So one of the things that they're saying is, you know, you can save time and operational costs for, you know, managers. Is this going to replace people's jobs? I think I am pro-technology, cautiously, because I think it enables humans to do things that humans are better at doing, right? Like, I wasn't really good at pulling out a map while driving a car and figuring out where I'm going, right? Right. Now, by having on our phone or probably built into the car that GPS that can automatically reroute you, that just makes my life more efficient and, quite frankly, probably safer than me trying to pull out a map while driving and, oh, there's a detour. How do I get around this? But what about those poor map makers, Josh? Well, I think hopefully they update and pivot with the times. But you you're right. Maybe someone at, what was it, Rand McNally? Was that yes. a large map maker? I think maybe so. they had some layoffs, but maybe some of those people now work for Google, too. Or, you know, uh, there's an ebb of flow of the economy, just like uh, when we stopped using horses as frequently for transportation. When we moved on to cars, I'm sure that there was a loss of jobs there. But, well, we have to... Uh, adopt new right. technology and and move on to the future as well. I don't think it'll eliminate humans as a whole. I think in our business, that's it. We can spend more time with clients then. We can work on building that relationship more, which is quite frankly, one of the things that we can do best in having a trusted partner. People can rely on us to help them make those financial decisions. So by us having a stronger relationship and better data to supply the clients with, they can hopefully have a better financial future. Okay. Well, that sounds good. It can help with risk assessment as well. Yeah. So we had talked about fraud detection as, as one risk that we can help assess. We can also look at it for investment risk. So having tools that are constantly updating the risks associated with individual types of investments or maybe investing in a certain region, we're able to detect and say, hey, you know what? Now, with what's going on in Eastern Europe, maybe we need to diversify a little bit away from those holdings. Or, hey, maybe this is going to resolve. Maybe it's a better entry point to be investing in that area as well. So, again, by having that data and being able to assess those risks with more with more speed, we're able to make better investment decisions as well. Okay. So, let's talk about analytics. Yep. So, analytics predictive analytics, so kind of using that data, taking non-traditional data sources, such as social media and news sentiment. So being able to detect in articles, hey, Silicon Valley Bank is coming up a lot, or maybe some of these things, chat GPT, are coming up a lot in here. Maybe this is a, a something that we should focus on for investments, right? How can we invest in there? By using social media, we now have a way that we can detect what people are talking about more, right? If we're just talking about it in the streets, well, it becomes more, well, I heard this, I heard that. We can see the volume of people talking about certain topics or what's trending in that and use that to make more educated investment decisions. So chat GPT is like the first one. There's going to be others out there that do the same thing that will be called something else. But as of right now, that's the one that's. Yeah. So Google going. does have one that recently launched as well. And okay. I don't even know the name of it. Okay. Uh, but I think Jack, 
chat GPT is considered to be the leader at this time. Not but the first mover and leader doesn't always mean that that'll be the best source. I think the more competition we have, the quicker that technology will evolve and we'll figure out better use cases for it. And that's a good thing, right? Yep. I think just like when the internet came about, right? We probably couldn't imagine 20 years ago that we'd be recording something called a podcast from two different states and looking at a screen, looking at each other in a live fashion, right? That was not sort of in the imagination of the internet, right? I mean, even YouTube initially was just cat videos, right? Yes. And some people still use it for that. That's right. It still exists, right? But I think that we evolve and find new uses for things over time. So I'm excited to see how this technology evolves, you know, in our industry, how we can partner with different companies to be more efficient in the ways we talked about and maybe other ways that I'm unaware of at this time. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who has questions about how all of this is affecting us, how can we get in touch with you? Absolutely. Uh, you can feel free to shoot me an email at jleonard at leonardadvisorygroup.com. Uh, you can check out our website at leonardadvisorygroup.com or give us a call at 412-998-PLAN. Well, thank you for joining us on the Relax It's Retirement podcast. Please like, follow, and share with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Relax It's Retirement podcast, the show that helps you transition into a happy, fun, and intentional retirement. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.leonardadvisorygroup.com or give us a call at 412-998-PLAN. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Leonard Advisory Group, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.